there. Welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we get together with one of our guests from around the library system, talk about two or three of the fun tech or creative stories out there in the world, give you some fun, cool library fact, and get you on your way for the week. Today, we have Billy Allen, uh, one of our star librarians out at the Pembroke Pines Library, Walter C. Young. How are you doing today, Sir Billy? I'm doing pretty good, man. Ain't never positive vibes. How you doing? It's always great. Oh, it's great. It's been a really good day. We had our first Creation Station uh, team meeting in a while today, talking about where, how we're moving things going as the libraries get more and more open. So yeah. it's been a lot of fun. We're doing good things. You guys are still doing uh, filming out there yet? Yeah. So, uh, space? Yeah, we um got a lot of great things going on. You know, of course, we're getting ready for the summer learning program. We're getting ready for National Library Week. We got a lot of fun stuff we're going to do tomorrow, Re record some commercials for Librarian Appreciation Day. You know, it's all about getting creative and providing resources for the community. So, man, yeah, look. And, and it's yeah, and it's a, it's a lot of fun to reach them out whichever way they can. And it's, yeah. the, the kids are, I we've had them here too. They're all fired up about, you know, getting in and doing the different stuff. Um, okay. I'm just going to share my Chrome right away and get started because there's a handful of things this week that were really interesting that I think we're just going to blow some people away on this. Okay. Um, and again, if anybody has questions, toss them into the chat and we will bring those up for you. Um, and our first story today is about 5G. And it's not that it's dangerous. This is actually a function of all the wireless networks that we've always had and everything like that. It's just 5G has got the right bandwidth and the right resonance to use for power, which is just an awesome thing. So this team out of Georgia Tech learned, figured out how to print an antenna it's about the size of a playing card. And you, I'll show you a picture here as you can see it in their hands. And you could just, you could wrap this around a cell phone. You could wrap this around an armband, put it into your clothing or whatever. And it would work as a power antenna to accept power coming in from anywhere. Okay. I mean, it's really a cool idea. It's, it's something that's already there in the air. It's something that you need to be able to just grab out with that. Um, a little bit of tidbit for you. Billy, did you know that way back in the day, that's what Tesla's original power plan was? Really? He, he wanted to put up power generators and just broadcast power for free through the air. And him and Edison, that's one of the arguments that they had. Edison wanted it in, wanted it in wires so people could control when you get it. Wow. Now, I didn't that's know that. So we're moving all the way around to another thing. And how, how much of the 5G stuff have you seen? Have you actually seen any 5G really in the world yet? I haven't. Um, I was curious, even just looking at that. So they will place it near their device. So like, would it like over? You, you would, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You would just build it right into the device and it would just immediately do it. So if right now it's that credit card size. So like, like a watch mm -hmm. um, that uses, you know, super low power and smartwatches no but like my my little disc battery that's in my watch mm -hmm. this is almost able to start powering something like that Definitely. now yeah it's it's 20 30 times the size of this battery still but i mean it's all it's it's they've already got it to there right? just on their very first try bing they got it to that so is this going to be implemented like as far as um just for cell phones or what is this for? Anything. 
anything because it goes on the resonance of the frequency. So it's not that you're sending power necessarily out. It's not something that's harmful like a microwave going through your body. It's just that this is the particular, they figured out a way to harvest that resonance as it goes up and down to transfer that into power. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I know, isn't it? It's going to be expensive though. Well, that they, there's always that idea, and it's you know the, the first versions are always super expensive, and as they they build that down, um, so that's it says that it took them six years to get to this point, um, where we'll just work on its own like this. So we're gonna see where this could actually happen. Do they have like an ideal launch? No. No, this is out of, this is out of the out of the university. So th this is all you know proof of concept. They've made it work, and now you know get some commercial funding for it, kind of thing to go build and do this kind of stuff. Mm. So it's it's going to be an interesting way out there. Um, it's an interesting future. So besides like bandwidth, like what would be other possibilities? Like like with me being a gamer, or like yeah, the real benefits of 5G? so you could well so. In this case, you, for this power thing that they're doing, you could build it into your controller. And now your controller doesn't need batteries anymore because your wireless router at the house puts out a 5G signal. And so you, this would be built into your wireless controllers and it would you wouldn't need batteries anymore. Oh, I need that. <laughs> I need that. Yeah, isn't that? And going going with our theme of games here, this you brought a really interesting story in um, about Xbox and Nintendo and PlayStation with video game preservations. And I think that this is an interesting story from a library point of view. But first, you tell me yours. Tell me about this from the gaming point of view. Um, like you say, it goes hand in hand as far as um, a library um, perspective. But as far as like video game preservation, and I was just thinking about libraries as far as the PlayStation has closed down their PS3, PS Vita, and PSP online stores. Now, due to the new systems like PS5 or the new Xbox One, Series X, excuse me, you know, people still want to have that nostalgia of accessing old games. That's never going to go away. So with all these systems transitioning to digitized content, it's like, okay, if you're erasing this, if you don't have a physical copy when it came out, how are you going to be able to have that experience? Because the manufacturer is pretty much controlling the preservation. Yeah. I mean, and this is along those lines of if anyone's ever gone out there and seen, you know, there's the, those little museums kind of thing that they still have the Commodore computers and the old Apple IIe's still running and working and stuff like that. I, in fact, I saw somebody just put a put some kind of message, a Twitter app thing on a Apple IIe. I just like figured out how to, how to use an old thing like that. Just insane, crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and then this gets back to, you know, wh who should be archiving this? Who should be doing this? These sorts of things. The Library of Congress up till now still doesn't have a, a way of archiving this kind of thing. We I figured think, it out for music. We got to figure it out for games. It, they have to. Um you look at like GameStop for an example, where you can sell your used systems, games, and if you, I'm pretty sure like, I mean, I've been a gamer all my life, but I don't even have all my systems, like the NES or the uh, Sega Genesis, the Atari, the Jaguar, 64. So it's like, if I wanted to have access to this, you're gonna have certain manufacturers that are probably gonna be like, um, 
either you're going to pay for it yeah. or they're not even going to release it. Just like they're um, dissolving the Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Like that is a popular entity as far as, you know, preservation for video games. Mm-hmm. So my thing is from a librarian perspective, like you said, Bob, what do the Library of Congress do as far as accessing these rare video games? Yeah. And this is culture. It, it may not be. I'm I'm not a gamer, but that doesn't mean it's not important for a lot of these people growing up. And all of these things. I mean, I still remember the old ancient. I remember playing asteroids on an old Atari. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I, I just it, wow. it's again, it's one of those complicated things. Once now that we're in a digital age, how do we stop these deserts from happening where all of a sudden the people who lived in the time know all about it, but the people afterwards just have no idea what it was like for your grandparents to live in this time of being two or three different devices you had to have in your house instead of just beaming it all through the cloud. I give you a good example. So on the PS4, there was a game that was released digitally um, called um, PT. It was like a demo of Silent Hill, and it was extremely popular that the developers from Konami, Konami did not even finish the game, but it was like a uh, a huge game within the gaming community. But if you didn't download the demo, you mm-hmm. wouldn't have access to it. So they took it off the store. So if you didn't have it stored on your PS4, you couldn't experience the game. So now, think about this, Bob. The now, new- can you share it? Could, could I borrow your copy from your PS4? Um, essentially, yeah, if you have a hard external hard drive. So okay, okay. What if you don't? Let's say oh, I yeah. got five. I can't even transfer my old that old game because yeah. that company pulled it. So it's just stuck on that system. Yeah. And and that's one of the, one of these rare things where we're coming back to, to round out this story. Microsoft is the one company out of all of them <laughs> that's doing it right and making yes. sure that everything is available and still you know archived for you and you can still get to all their old stuffs online and everything. Yes. So it's just it's really weird that the one company that's not has been in gaming the least out of all of them is the one doing the best at maintaining their old legacy stuff and doing. That's yeah, really that's weird. Another point for that brand. Yeah. I agree. And then speaking of Microsoft, the other big story that was this week was they released a huge stuff on LinkedIn. So anyone who's used to thinking about LinkedIn as just, I go up here, I put my resume and that's it. They have radically changed what you can do with LinkedIn over the last few years. And particularly now with this new update that they just ran. Um, One of them is being able to put video into your profiles. And another one, and you're a creator there, Billy. I know you've got a whole side gig of doing stuff out there. In the past, you probably couldn't have been in there as uh, as, as an influencer because they had to reach down from their throne and decide you're, a, you're an influencer. But now you can just claim to be a, a creator and get all these functions added to your profiles for you including putting together a spec sheet where you can actually get people, give people a chance to uh, charge, you know, what you're charging, do these things. Here's the little video snippet you can see up here on this. I can see those are going to be really interesting. You know, they're adapting because, you know, we are in the era of the content creator and social media, you know, is undeniable. So they had to adopt 
some of the features of an Instagram, a Facebook, or even YouTube. YouTube is doing that as far as the stories. So any way you can market yourself, not only professionally, but these content creators. I've seen a list, Bob, that from students, from a student perspective, as far as top of list of occupations they strive to be, mm-hmm. number one was a content creator. Over yeah. teachers, even athletes, it was content creators. So yeah. this broadens the scope. Of Here the- you go. See right there. Content, the example they use, content creator, demand generation, et cetera. I mean, this is, these are real world jobs nowadays that people are getting paid for. And that's, that's, what's really interesting about this. And like you said, LinkedIn, Microsoft as a company is the one recognizing this and making this really happen for them and be able to push this stuff out. The only thing they're missing directly on here is uh, chat. Mm. And that that's another story that came out within three days, three different stories on LinkedIn came out this week. And I'm like, okay, I can see, I can see a theme. I know what I have to talk about. Um, they're mm. going to go in and try and do a chat room clubhouse kind of imitation thing of doing audio presentations. So you could, have an audio clubhouse on your LinkedIn profile where scheduled little lectures and stuff like that for people to come listen to you and do the stuff. It's supposed to be rolling out and testing. This is one of the things that's not out yet, but it was part of the LinkedIn news. So I wanted to share it. Um, that's more, isn't it? If you could just set up a little thing right there. Hey, I want to see how Billy does. I- I'm going to go click on his thing and, and s- schedule a thing right there with him. And now we can do, do a presentation for me live. That's, that's, that's cool. I mean, I'm on Clubhouse. So for LinkedIn to adopt that, that's genius because you talk about professionals, you know, uh, I mean, they could even contact coworkers, you know, affiliates of people that they know and talk about your profession, talk yeah. about the particular yeah. employee. You, you know, I mean, it's a lot of different avenues that can go with that and they could get a lot of momentum with that. You know, I, I think so. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm part of on a discord where we because Clubhouse and um, by the way, if anybody out there doesn't know what Clubhouse is, it's a iOS only app. So you have to be on, on an Apple device and <laughs> it is it is still invite only, uh, but the invites are pretty easy to come by. And yeah. then you um, it is basically chat rooms. And instead of doing it chat like you would in a messaging app like WhatsApp or something like that, you're doing this by voice only. And everybody's in there and you have one or two people who are leading the conversation. And some content creators have done some really big things on there now and holding you know, massive conferences where they're lecturing people and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, this is an interesting idea of... Um, how, how to how to link this together and i wonder what we talked about this uh last week actually on the show about how clubhouse how are they going to make money and be able to fund all this background Thank architecture you. that they need to do microsoft doesn't have to worry about that microsoft's got the architecture microsoft's got that hardware to run this thing on uh, it would be really interesting to see an old stodgy company like microsoft come and take out someone like clubhouse it's easy. I think it would be easy um, yeah. being that LinkedIn is so popular, you know, um, like you say, uh, Clubhouse only pertains to Apple users. So now they're opening up the whole demographic to reel those yeah. people in. So that that's very genius. Yeah, we've uh, we've uh, on my discord. We have uh, we have smart house is what we call it on my discord <laughs> for, for our little imitation one there. 
Um, and finally, the other news story about LinkedIn this week was Microsoft. Not only the headline is Microsoft targets 50,000 jobs, which is a nice thing, 50,000 jobs. Oh. And what they, what they mean by that is Microsoft is going to intentionally train 50,000 people to get them hired into the tech field. Great story. Very nice thing there. I think the part that gets buried is down here where LinkedIn Learning is offering free courses. It Ooh. used to cost you $30 a month to belong to LinkedIn Learning. Mm. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> and now they've made a chunk of it free for till the end of 2021. They expected they would have 25 million people over the course of the first year try this out during the pandemic. They had over 30 million people end up doing it. Nice. Um, and I think the, the funny quote uh, that they did pull was not expecting 91 different participants from Antarctica. <laughs> Have you done any of the stuff on LinkedIn Learning yet? I haven't. I haven't. Um, I was looking at it the other day, but I haven't participated in it yet. So for those out there, this is our cool library thing. So yes, I'm very psyched and happy about Microsoft doing this. Yeah. Um, because you know, helping people learn, help pushing this out to people, get it retraining, reskilling people. Um, I guess reskilling is the new term they're trying to push rather than retrain. Um, which is an, a, a really nice way of thinking about it in, in that. Um but the library's been doing this for a few years, people. Um, so uh, for our cool library fact today, uh, we if you come to the library website and you come up here to our A to Z directory of resources, uh, you scroll on down to the L's, and we always had lynda.com, which is the original name of LinkedIn Learning before Microsoft bought out LinkedIn Learning. And when you <laughs> click there, it's going to take you to your login page. You're going to log in. I should. I'm not someone who knows my library card off the top of my head. So let me dig that out and type it in really quick. Live radio, everybody. Live. Hey, you don't get no better than that. <laughs> yeah, making sure we type in passwords live online is always fun. <laughs> and I typed something wrong. <laughs> Live tutorial. Yep. There we go. And so you get a chance to come in, and this shows you all the different types of courses that you can go in and take and things like that. I was doing a Webflow course, um, but you can come up here to browse, and you can see all the different things, all these business courses that are here for free. And I think that this is something that anybody should be able to come in and use, and anyone will find this stuff interesting, and you'll find a little bit of a thing to do. But it's not just Excel and PowerPoint and Outlook, et cetera. Come take a look over here in the creative classes. I've done some 3D printing now. I'm thinking about some yeah. 3D printing tracks. Yeah. For 3D printing, there's music classes in here, photography classes, video classes. You could learn yeah. how to play a piano through LinkedIn Learning. And so, yeah, I talk about this with our for my our new hires for the county that I want you to go explore and learn this stuff because 
you need to be a well-rounded individual out there in the world. And you can't just, I don't care if, if all you know is Excel, that's not going to do me much good. I'll, I'll use you sometimes, but if I can get you to, to think about the other parts, then maybe you'll be able to contribute more overall for the team and doing that stuff. Yeah. What kind of classes have you been thinking about taking Billy? Um, as you know, what I do outside the library, uh, video editing, uh, post-production, I feel like those are so important to have as far as skills. We talked about, you talked about LinkedIn having the content creating um, platform. You know, we're in the era of content creators. Um, I feel like that's a skill that's going to be vital as we transition to, um, what was the term you was talking about as far as uh, skill training, retraining? Yeah, 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 reskilling. Reskilling, think about it. Uh, Due to the pandemic last summer, we had to transition to virtual programming. So yeah. we're having more staff members learn how to deal with Adobe Premiere and all these other platforms. So reskilling is like really vital. It's not going nowhere. I did 177 staff classes on how to present on WebEx over the last, since the pandemic started. So about a year now. Yeah. You'd yeah. be surprised how um, tech savvy people are. Once they get exposed to it, you know, yeah. the learning curve is not as high as you think it is. But, you know, I think these type of resources uh, break down that anxiety of helping people wanting to learn how to develop these skills. So, yeah. uh, like I said, this is um, it's not going nowhere. No, I, I, th- I think this is and we're in a good space where everybody has now realized, oh, wait a minute. We can do this. I don't have to go to some physical school. I can go do this. I mean, I did all of my college online. I mean, I, did, I, w- I was the first group out of, for um, FSU to graduate um, entirely online Wow! Um, for my bachelor's up there. Yeah, I did nothing. Um, I, I have never been to the campus. I don't, know, <laughs> if, don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> so, yeah, I know it was fun. It was a really good time. So... Thank you so much for this, Sir Billy, for coming and hanging out with us today. Tell us what else is going on out there. What's going on in your content creating world out there outside of the library? Tell us about it. So um, I have a platform, uh, Three King Visions, which is a storytelling platform where we help kids develop a lifelong love of reading. You ever seen Blues Clues, Reading Rainbow? It's kind of merged into one. We try to be creative as far as making reading fun and not just for the parent and the child, for them to come together and have an experience so I've been doing that for three years. Um, get wonderful reception. The platform is growing daily. Good, good, good. So um, that's what I do outside the library, man. I'm just trying to impact. Yeah. The- and what's going on there, at Walter C. Young, for you guys? Oh wow, man! We got so many great things going on. Um, we're doing a lot of the library commercials and community engagement with the middle school to get them involved in the library. We're getting ready for the summer learning program. You know, obviously the theme is tales and tales. We got a baby shark uh, program coming out. We got an animal masquerade. We got a lot of great programming virtually that I think is going to be an incredible experience. On top of we got a lot of to-go kits. Um, we re-transforming our youth services area to make it an early literacy center. We nice. want every time you come into the library to be an experience. That that's is a, so that's excellent. Yeah, it's so important. And that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm actually doing a robotics class for the beginning of summer learning. It'll be out there. It it's, hasn't been publicized yet, but we're going to do this little robotics thing for uh, for something coming up here. So we're going to have all sorts of fun. 
Okay, let me go up and share our ending slide here for everybody as we get everybody wrapped up. Thank you so much, Sir Billy, for being here. Again, Thank if anybody you. out there has any questions about today's show, you can always email creationstation at broward.org. And if there's a favorite library or librarian you want to see featured, let me know, and we will try to get them on the show. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. All right. Thank you, Bob.